1: shows that the Lord is breaking down strongholds. The Lord is breaking down walls, and that's what the Lord does in your life. He breaks down strongholds. He breaks down walls, walls of discrimination, walls of prejudice, walls of addiction, walls of of problems in relationships. The Lord breaks down walls, and that's what he's doing in Peter's heart. Peter's on the rooftop. He's hungry, and he falls into a trance. In Peter's vision, this great big sheet comes down from heaven with all
0: sorts of animals on it. And a voice says, Rise, Peter, kill and eat. We face a lot of challenges in our lives. It could be at work or in a relationship that isn't working out. These barriers frequently hinder our mental peace. But do you know who has the power to set you free? Today, Pastor Dave describes how God breaks down every barrier that is holding you back. All you have to do is trust Him. Now, here's Pastor Dave in the book of Acts chapter 10 as he continues his message, A Tale of Two Visions.
1: Cornelius was wrong about his religion. His religion wasn't the way to salvation. He had wrong thinking that he could find salvation through religious traditions, salvation through religious rituals, salvation by repeating prayers over and over and over and over again, the same prayers... That's not the way to salvation. The only way to salvation is by faith through Jesus Christ, by faith in the gospel message. Jesus came to the earth as a man. He was crucified. He was dead. He was buried, and he rose again. That is the gospel message. And now he sits on the right hand of God the Father, and that is the only thing that will save you. You can do all the good works you want to do. You can do all the wonderful things you want to do, which are very, very nice things to do. You can be called a good person, but if you haven't made the choice to place your faith and trust in Jesus Christ, to forgive your sins, you will not be saved. Cornelius was wrong about religion. Religion tells you you can never do enough. Every time you think you're doing the right thing in religion, there's a law that says you got to do more. Religion doesn't satisfy. Religion doesn't fulfill. Cornelius had basically given up hope. He was in despair when he was praying that day. He was in despair but Cornelius was a blessed man. Why? Because the Lord heard his cry. The Lord heard his cry for salvation, and now the Lord was getting ready to show Cornelius which way he should go. Enter the two visions. The two visions now start to come into play. The first vision is given to Cornelius. An angel comes while he's praying. He's in his home praying. The angel says, send for a man Peter. He's in Joppa. Send for him, and he will tell you what to do. When we read further on in chapter 11, the angel actually told uh, Cornelius that Peter was going to show the household and give them words by which they can get salvation. Peter was going to give them the gospel message. This is just what Cornelius wanted, just what Cornelius needed. I think a very, very important note to make here is that Cornelius obeyed the command of the Lord. For immediately he sent people to Joppa. He didn't hesitate. He immediately sent people to Joppa. If the Lord is giving you a command today, you need to immediately obey the command the Lord is giving you. If he's giving you the offer of salvation today, then you need to immediately obey the offer of salvation and accept Jesus Christ. That's his offer today. That's the command he's giving you. What must we do to be saved? What must we do to know the kingdom of God? They all yelled at Jesus. Jesus looked at them and said one thing simple. Believe upon him whom he sent. Believe in the relationship with Jesus Christ. Cornelius is used to giving commands himself because he's centurion. He probably had a 100 guys under him. He's used to throwing commands out, but he commanded these guys to go. He obeyed the command of the Lord. That leads us to vision number two, the apostle Peter. He's on a rooftop praying too. He's staying at the house of Simon the Tanner, and the Lord was beginning this mighty work in Peter's heart a work that was going to change the world, a work that was going to change everything as we might know it as far as religion is concerned. The Lord was already demolishing strongholds in Peter's life. He was already ready knocking down walls. The fact that Peter stayed in the house of a tanner was monumental anyhow because what does a tanner do? A tanner kills and skins animals. Jewish people were not allowed to be around blood. So just being in the house alone shows that the Lord is breaking down strongholds. The Lord is breaking down walls. And that's what the Lord does in your life. He breaks down strongholds. He breaks down walls, walls of discrimination, walls of prejudice, walls of addiction, walls of of problems in relationships. The Lord breaks down walls, and that's what he's doing in Peter's heart. Peter's on the rooftop. He's hungry, and he falls into a trance. In Peter's vision, this great big sheet comes down from heaven with all sorts of animals on it. And a voice says, rise, Peter, kill and eat. You know, Peter is sure that the Lord's talking about dietary laws because he sees all these animals. He says, I've never eaten anything unclean, Lord. Not so. I can't do that. He probably thought it was some sort of a test. you not going to get me this time, Lord. I'm going to pass this test. Not so, Lord. Uh, wrong answer. You gonna say, not so, friend. You cannot say, not so, buddy, but you can't say, not so, Lord. Because if you're Lord, you don't say, not so. Becomes clear to Peter that the Lord is now moving him into a deeper place. The Lord is calling him, come deeper into this relationship. Come deeper in this relationship. Is the Lord calling you to come deeper into the relationship today? That's part of our vision. To get, the, get come deeper into the Lord. Come deeper in the Lord. Don't be satisfied where you are the Lord. Come deeper. Come deeper. Experience all that he has through his Holy Spirit. Come deeper. Come deeper into the Lord and experience him. Allow him to show you wonders and marvels, which he wants to do. Come deeper into the relationship of the Lord. Never get enough of the Lord. Send for Peter, he'll tell you what to do. That's what the angel said. Not so, Lord kill and eat. He says it three times. You know, the Lord wants to make a point. He'll say it as many times until you get it. He'll continue to bring it up until it gets to your head and gets to your heart. He will continue to make that point. He continues to make that point. You ever been thump, thump? Kind of hurts sometimes. That's what the Lord does to me when he's trying to make a point. Think, okay, I get it. Oh, he, think. Think about it. This is what I want you to do. The Lord's preparing Peter's heart for a new work. The Lord is preparing Peter's heart. The Lord is breaking down these walls of prejudice, these walls of hatred, these walls of discrimination. These things have existed for centuries, and the Lord is tearing them apart. The voice explains to Peter what God has cleansed. You must not call common. In those days, to call something common was to call it dirty, was to call it unclean. He's saying, I've cleansed these animals. I've cleansed these people. Do not call what I have cleansed common or unclean. He says it three times. Peter ponders over the situation. He ponders over the vision. He doesn't act right away like Cornelius did. He's pondering over the vision. He, he's meditating on it. Remember we talked about meditating? He's sitting there thinking about this vision, praying to the Lord that the Lord would make it clear to him. The Spirit speaks to him. The Spirit confirms the vision, because there's a knock on the door. Peter's up on the roof. Behold, there's some guys for you. Go with them. Don't fear. The Spirit calms Peter's nerves immediately. You know, we've said this before. When you're following the Holy Spirit, there is no fear in your life. When you're in in, in God's will, there is no fear. I mean, if you have a fear of man, you should say, what can man do to me? Man has no power over me. Man can't even kill me unless God allows him to. Man has no power. But when you're following the Lord, if you're following hard after the Lord, like we were singing, if you're following hard after the Lord, there is no fear because the Holy Spirit will give you that calmness. Perfect love casts out all fear. Perfect love casts out all fear. What I see here is the providential hand of God. The providential hand of God is working in the lives of these two men. God is preparing two hearts, one to deliver the message and another one to receive the message. The providential hand of God. We see it all the time. The Lord is preparing the heart of the apostle Peter to take the message of salvation to a foreign nation, the Gentiles. The Lord is tearing down strongholds in Peter's life, demolishing walls, guiding him into a deeper meaning of salvation. He's showing Peter the meaning of the word when Jesus said, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Because before then, Peter thought salvation was only for the Jews. That salvation had come only for the Jews. And and the Lord was telling Peter, no, 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 Peter, you've mistaken here. For God so loved the world, the world, not just the Jews. It's interesting that the phrase used in verse 10 for doubting nothing literally means making no distinction in the Greek. He's telling Peter, don't make any distinctions between Anybody, I am no respecter of persons, whether you're rich, whether you're poor. I don't care what your social status is. I am no respecter of persons, and you shouldn't be either. That's the one thing we pray that the Lord would take away from us, is that prejudicial feelings that we have towards people of lesser degree, whom we deem lesser. The Lord says, I'm no respecter. For God so gave his son the world, the world. Just the fact that Peter invited these men into the home also shows that walls were being brought down. Because, like I said, no respectable Jewish man would have anything to do with these common Gentile dogs. But Peter invites them to stay with them. Go on in. I'm going to lodge with you guys. We're going to sit here today. Peter now knows that the Lord is not a respecter of person. He starts to see it, and we shouldn't be either. Don't allow those old prejudices to seep into your lives. Don't allow those things to keep you from sharing the gospel. Don't you be the one that determines who gets saved and who doesn't. That's the Lord's job. It's not our job to determine, well, they're not going to accept it. I'm not going to talk to them. Who are we? Who are we to put ourselves in the place of God that we might look down upon somebody and say, I'm not going to give them the gospel message? Just like Cornelius, Peter is obedient to the Lord. I love the obedience in this verses. I love the way these men are obedient. And he departs immediately and towards goes towards Caesarea. We found in Acts 10, 23. See, the Lord has given these two men visions of something he wanted to accomplish. And each has a different vision. And as different as the visions were, the Lord's now going to connect the visions and make them one vision. Two visions with one purpose. Salvation. I love this about the Lord, the way he works. He's working here in that same way. He's given a vision. And he starts to show various people the vision. And it may be a little different for you. It may be a little different for me. But when we come together, we start sharing the vision. And guess what? The vision's become one, one in him. And then as we follow him, he starts to open up step by step. Every walk we take, he opens up avenues where the vision now will come to to fruition. He doesn't show us the entire thing. He doesn't show us what we're doing or where we should go immediately. He shows us step by step, each way we take. And he demonstrates himself through his Holy Spirit to each of us. And as we are obedient to the Holy Spirit, the picture becomes more and more clear. And we know what God wants to do. That's what's happening here in Acts 10. Two men, two visions. Totally different. The Lord's going to make them one. Common denominator, obedience. I think the common denominator in this whole thing is obedience. Each person was obedient to what the Lord had showed them to do. Cornelius was obedient to the angel and sent men to Joppa. Peter was obedient through the Holy Spirit, and he went with the men to Caesarea. Obedience is huge. Being obedient to what God has called you to do. If you are not saved, if you have not made a commitment to Jesus Christ and declared him Lord and Savior, if you have not asked forgiveness of sins, that is what the Lord is asking you to do today. Be obedient to what the Lord has called you to do. If we look at verse 24, it says, In the following day they entered Caesarea. Now Cornelius was waiting for them and had called together his relatives and close friends. I like this because this really demonstrates the faith that Cornelius had. This demonstrates Cornelius had a faith. He wants everybody to hear the word of God. He calls everybody in here. He calls everybody. Didn't we talk about that last week? Didn't we say that the expanded vision now was to call everybody just like Joel in Joel 2, 14 through 17? Joel said, blow the trumpet. Call the elders. Call the babies. Call the newborns. Call everybody. Get them in here to hear the word of God. I love this about Cornelius. It reminds me of Andrew. Every time you see Andrew in the gospel, what's he doing? He's bringing somebody to Jesus. Andrew is always bringing somebody to Jesus. This is the last time you asked somebody to come to church. This is the last time you asked somebody to share the gospel with, one, one to share your gospel with. God has given us such, such a chore. He's given us such a wonderful, wonderful message. And we keep it to ourselves. We see this demonstrated in Cornelius. He calls his family. He calls his friends. He calls his relatives. He wants his family to hear what Peter has to say. Why? Because he knows the power of salvation. If you experience salvation, you know the power. You know what God has done in your life. Don't you want everybody to experience that? You should want everybody in the entire world that you meet to experience what you have. It should be on our lips every single time. Jesus is the only way to salvation, the only way to salvation. There is no other way that you can get to salvation except by Jesus Christ. Cornelius' love for his family and his friends is seen here. He knew what salvation was, and he wanted everybody to experience it. Verses 25 and 26, it says, As Peter was coming in, Cornelius met him and fell down at his feet and worshipped him. But Peter lifted him up and said, Stand up, I myself am also a man. There probably was a time in Peter's life when he probably would have accepted this worship because there was a time, I think, in Peter's life where he thought he was pretty cool. He'd be Peter. He was, he was cool. Until the Lord said, get behind me, Satan. And I don't think how cool he thought he was then. But Peter refuses Cornelius' worship. Peter is right for a change. Peter makes the right choice. He refuses Cornelius' worship. But the flesh gets caught up in those kind of things. We recognize somebody as being used by God. Immediately, we want to put them on a pedestal. Let's put them on a real high pedestal so they have further to fall. Immediately, we want to worship them. Let's lift these people up. This is a dangerous spot to be, not only for the person being lifted up, but for the person doing the lifting up. It's a bad spot to be. No one should be lifted higher than Jesus Christ, our Lord. He is the only one that we exalt. He is the only one that we worship. And he is the only one that is worthy of our praise and our worship continually. No one deserves that. No one deserves that. But we, as men and women, we exalt others into high positions. In Acts 14, when we get there, Barnabas and Paul had this problem. Barnabas and Paul had this problem when they went to Lystra. The priest of Jupiter was pulling an ox down the street with a great big machete in his hand. He was going to kill the ox and give worship and sacrifice to Paul and Barnabas. When Paul saw him, he began to tear his clothes. Remember, we talked about that last week, renting one's clothes. He started to tear his clothes and said, hey, 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 I'm not a god. Don't worship me. Worship God only. It's only God that deserves our worship. Only the Lord deserves our worship. Now, I'm sure Billy Graham walked through that door. Pastor Chuck Smith walked that door, we would all go the ooh, you know, we'd all have tinglys, and we'd all go ooh, and we'd want to run over there. But they would be the first to tell you, they're men. They would be the first to tell you, worship the Lord. Don't worship any man. Don't worship. Even though they've been used mightily to save thousands upon thousands, but they've been used by God. I love this one commentator, and I forget his name. Sorry if you're listening on the, on the radio commentator. But all this commentator said, Peter refused both to be treated by Cornelius as if he were a god and to treat Cornelius as if he were a dog. You hear that? Peter refused both to be treated by Cornelius as if he, Peter, was a god, and he refused to treat Cornelius as if Cornelius was a dog. I like that. The Lord had done a mighty work in Peter's heart. The Lord had really done a mighty work in Peter's heart. As we move on to verse 27, it says, And as he talked with him, he went in and found many who had come together. Now, can you imagine this? Let me set this situation up for you. You're invited to a party. You're invited to the party. Somebody calls to you and says, come to a party, and we need to hear from you. And you go to this party. You open up the door, and everybody's there, and they're staring at you. And they will listen to what you have to say. I mean, would that be the greatest thing in the whole wide world? This is a preacher's delight. This is, this is like, yeah, this is great. I mean, this is even better than somebody saying, what must I do to be saved? You know, these kind of things just don't happen. But Cornelius had everybody there. The whole gang was there. They're waiting. Here he comes. Man, I can't imagine what Cornelius was doing. You know, Cornelius was, was I'm getting really good friendly with Cornelius. I kind of like this guy. He, I can see him going around each other. Now, man, he's going to come here, and he's going to show us the way to salvation. This is really going to be great. You can't, I can't wait to hear what he has to say. Are we all ready now? Come on, everybody get settled here. Come on, man. Can everybody see? He's coming. He's coming. That must have been really wild. I wonder if he ordered his troops to attend the party. I wonder if Cornelius asked his guys to come. People respected Cornelius. People respected him. They respected his position. They respected what he stood for. They knew he was a godly man. They knew he was religious. They knew he was had the fear of God in him. When he asked them to come to his house to hear someone come and speak, they said, "Yeah, we want to come." Cuz they respected Cornelius. I've been saying a couple times, when you tell somebody you believe in Jesus, do the people you're telling believe that you believe it? That's important. Because if they don't believe that you don't believe it, why would they want it? Yeah, I believe in Christ. Hmm. Cornelius knew salvation was coming, and he couldn't stand it. They were all assembled together. God's perfect timing. God had everything in place, everything in order. God had done a mighty work. He had prepared both hearts. He had prepared everything, and now he was getting ready to put all the pieces together. Peter says in verses 28 and 29, You know how unlawful it is for a Jewish man to keep company with or to go to one another nation. But God has shown me that I should not call any man common or unclean. Therefore, I came without objection as soon as I was sent for. I asked them, for what reason have you sent me? Peter made the connection. Peter started out thinking the vision was about a dietary law. I can't eat those things. They're unclean. But as the Lord worked in his heart, he made the connection. He was talking about men. He was talking about salvation for men. Peter made the connection. I am only confused as to why he asked the question, why did you send for me? Did he forget? Acts 1, 8, you shall be my witnesses in all Judea and Samaria, uh, and Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the outermost portions of the world. Why did he say that? Interesting. Maybe he just wanted to hear them say it. The Lord was tumbling down walls. Your Lord was having walls crash down all around us. The Apostle Paul would later write in his epistle to the Ephesian church these words in chapter 2, verses 13 through 22. But now in Christ Jesus, you who are once afar off have become brought near by the blood of Christ. For he himself is our peace who has made both one and has broken down the middle wall of separation, having abolished in his flesh the enmity that is the law of the commandments contained in ordinances so as to create in himself one new man from the two, thus making peace, and that he might reconcile them both to God in one body through the cross, thereby putting to death the enmity. And he came and preached peace to you who were far off and to those who were near. For through him we both have access by one Spirit to the Father. Now therefore you are no longer strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God, having been built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief, cornerstone, in whom the whole building, being fitted together, grows in the holy temple in the Lord, in whom you also are being built together for a dwelling place of God in the Spirit. He's made the two one. Christ has come so that the two might be one, Jew and Gentile. Jew and Gentile became one in Jesus Christ. In early Christianity, they used to call themselves the third nation. The third nation. They didn't call themselves Jews. They didn't call themselves Gentiles, referring to the new man. They were the third nation. Gentiles are now in Jesus Christ. They were were far off. They weren't even offered salvation. But they were made near by what? The blood of Christ. The blood of Christ accomplished this because of Jesus' sacrificial death. This only happens by the blood of Jesus Christ. Gentiles who are not in Christ are still far off. They're still out there searching for something. They're still out there waiting to hear the gospel message. Coming close to Jesus Christ, this reconciliation only happens by faith. You are a sure hope. You've are
0: you been listening to Assure Hope Radio with Pastor Dave. Pastor Dave comes to us from Calvary Chapel, Cape May in Cape May, New Jersey. In today's message, Pastor Dave is in the book of Acts. In this book, you'll hear about many people who had been eyewitnesses of Jesus' life, death, and resurrection. They were now going to tell others about Jesus, and many were coming to a saving faith. If these disciples were just following some flash-in-the-pan rabbi, they wouldn't have been so eager to risk their lives for the sake of telling about this good news. No, it's because they saw it lived out, and they saw the greatest miracle of all happen. Jesus dying and then rising again. What an incredible time to live. So when you're facing opposition and persecution for following Jesus, remember that these disciples did too, and they were willing to face the ramifications for such faith. If you're wrestling with what this means to have a saving faith, we'd love to seek God in prayer with and for you. You can email us your requests at info at If you'd rather call, we can chat with you on the phone too. Our number is 609 609- 884-5821 That phone number once more is 609-884-5821 Anything else you'd like to know about can be found on our website assurehoperadio.com We've come to the end of our time together for today but we'll be back next time as Pastor Dave shares some more great things from the Bible here on Assure Hope